Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests as well as my own in a bit to find out what makes people say, why not? Hello and welcome back to the Why Not podcast. So today's interview is with Mary Jo Maguire or MJ Nutrition and we're talking all about female hormone health. So MJ absolutely specialised in this. She has a wealth of knowledge all about it and herself personally has suffered from PCOS all the year, over the years. So she does have a background and an understanding of what people go through when they have it. So really informative episode. I think it's great if you have a pen and paper for it and you can take notes and maybe you'll learn some things that you didn't realize from this episode i personally learned loads and i'm so glad she agreed to come on because really really informative episode so yeah i hope you enjoy and as ever sit back relax and enjoy or walk and listen whatever way you want to enjoy the podcast just enjoy okay guys so welcome back to the podcast today i have Mary Jo Maguire from MJ Nutrition on for a lovely interview. She specializes in female health and hormones and also has a podcast called the Female Health Podcast. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Mary Jo. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm really happy to be here to be talking to you. <laughs> it's my first <laughs> podcast uh, with some like being a guest on someone's podcast. So I'm excited to be on the other end of the mic. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'd say it's a big change to what you're normally used to doing yeah it's nice it's less pressure I'm not like getting ready for like oh I'm gonna record now let's go <laughs> okay yeah, you just have to answer the questions yeah <laughs> um so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself sure um okay so Mary Jo Maguire is my name uh as you said I am a nutritionist my business is MJ Nutrition which I started now over a year and a bit uh it's really been kind of going since like the start of lockdown though I think that's when things kind of took off for me um so I have a degree in nutrition with UCD and then I have a master's in uh, personalized nutrition uh, with Middlesex University in the UK. Um, and I'm also have a diploma in coaching, NLP coaching, which is neurolinguistic programming, um, which is just basically all about kind of how your language influences um, yeah. behaviors and things like that. Um, yeah, so as you said, I focus a lot on female health and hormones. Um, so I have PCOS myself. I also had a thyroid condition called Gray's disease, which um, was quite a, a, deb- a debilitating illness for like a, a good year and a half of my life. So I had to put my master's on hold and quit my job for that period of time um, just because I was quite sick with it. And I suppose while I always had an interest in nutrition, and health and that it really kind of put brought me down this path of working with female health and hormones and the impact of stress on your health as well yeah. and that kind of thing so that's why I'm kind of now specializing in that probably from my own personal experiences really um so yeah that's what I'm doing now I work mainly with people online uh, as everyone is and <laughs> true yeah and that's it and yeah I set up my own podcast there last October and um, the female health podcast just talking about all things hormones and things like that yeah <laughs> that yeah I've, I've started listening to that and the amount I've learned already in just like 
a few days of listening to that podcast is like it's unreal what led you to um start that podcast um I suppose like to help my business anyway that's like one reason um I think it would be complimentary to my business and it's another um string to my bow maybe I suppose to add to it uh but also I feel like there was a lack of information out there on like hormones your periods and things like PCOS like uh, knowledge around the pill like there is Mm. some people out there talking about it like AOK nutrition like she is amazing for that kind of thing and but I suppose in terms of a platform and like the podcast there's not many people podcasts I found out there talking about it especially Irish ones so um and I just wanted somewhere to kind of talk about my own personal experiences and bring it um from and also from a point of view of a nutritionist um and so I can help more women with that so I wanted to be able to help women understand their bodies more uh understand how the pill works and people with PCOS uh what they can do about that take control of their health with regard to that and it's not just about hormones I do talk about relationships I talk about um like how relationships impact your stress and how that impacts then your health as a result so and your mindset I talk about uh, body image and relationship with food all that kind of stuff and even if I haven't talked about it yet it it will be talked about it's that kind of thing it's all about female health in general so not just specifically hormones but yeah that's kind of the main reason I wanted to do it just to have a platform uh, other than say my Instagram that talks about it and like I'd like to talk more sometimes in writing so I find I'm better at like communicating this way so I think the podcast was good for that that's true yeah the, like yeah. I, I'm saying I quite enjoy the talking element you can get, yeah, you can get yeah. more cross sometimes I think so yeah I actually uh, I had a AOK nutrition on the podcast she was for a long time the only person that I heard a lot about hormone health from it just was something that it didn't seem like it's talked about do you think that's starting to change now a little bit a hundred percent yeah like I think there's a lot more I think I guess nearly cool now to be talking about periods and stuff now like if you're not it's kind of like what do you do we need to embrace this stuff yeah I think it's a lot more acceptable now to talk about yeah. the female health side of you and your hormones and how they impact your like performance your exercise your uh, your mood and um, your appetite all of these kind of things and by getting in tune with your cycle it can make a massive impact on your overall quality of life really um so yeah there's a it's like knowledge is power so I think it's really cool to be able to know this about your body but there's a lot more people talking about it now and from a scientific perspective as well it's not like a woohoo thing or anything like that like there's a lot of research finally being put into um female health and the hormone and their hormones because so for so long most studies were done on men and it's just not like reflective you know and like you know I don't mean like you know like studies would be done um but like trying to compare men and women would just it isn't the same like we have a completely different hormone hormonal cycle like there's just there's no comparison there so uh even making comments on like men and female appetites and energy and exercise performance it's just not comparative based on our hormones and on our on the cycle that we have so um yeah like I do think it's been uh, the conversation is definitely opening up now which is brilliant yeah I think um we have to remember isn't it we're not just smaller men we're completely different (laughs) 
completely different yeah like readers have completely different hormones and they fluctuate so much more than than men and it does completely affect our mood and our energy and our appetite and like the whole thing about women being more emotional and having cravings and things like that like this shouldn't be labeled as a negative thing it is just like it is it happens because of the the shifts in our hormones due to our cycle so if both men and women were more aware of this it wouldn't be such a taboo thing to say oh my god she's such are you on your period Uh, like (laughs) as if it's a bad thing you know Uh, it's just it's it's normal and I think that's what we need to accept really and like the more that we talk about it the better that would be for everyone yeah that was really a thing wasn't it like if you're in any way ratty they're just like oh you and your period <laughs> yeah are you, and it's such a negative thing but like yeah like the reason there is reasons for that like and mm. um it's not such a, like yeah there's such a, a negative connota- connotation associated with it and the and your period but like the way I like to look at it is like we should be so thankful to get a period every month I suppose from someone who has PCOS um like you what PCOS is it's called polycystic ovary syndrome and it's when you have like irregular cycles and and you don't ovulate and you have other symptoms like um you have elevated androgens which causes symptoms but um I you'd always kind of know someone who has PCOS because they're just delighted when they get their period they're like yes I got my period because it's such a you know you just never know when it's going to come and it's just um it's really irregular basically but to have a regular cycle is a it's the fifth vital sign of health your period so like if you're getting that every month it's a sign that your body is working really really well if you look at it that way rather than um something to be dreading then Mm. you know it's a more positive experience I suppose overall like it's a sign your body's functioning well and that you're ovulating and ovulating is the most important thing and to happen in a woman's cycle because they're making the hormones estrogen and progesterone and that's the only way you can make progesterone is through ovulation and so anyway yeah like I just think embracing the period rather than looking at it in a negative way Um, and I understand women who have get really 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 bad periods like they'd be like okay like why would you want to embrace that and I totally get that the first thing to say there is that like really really bad painful periods are not normal they're common but they're not normal we shouldn't be getting that that's a sign that there's something going on like hormonal imbalance like maybe you've got too too much estrogen or too little progesterone for example and so again that's something that people aren't aware of they think we have to go through these awful painstaking periods every month and like be crippled to the bed not able to work like if it's that debilitating there's something not right like so um yeah like that's just to if if someone's wondering how would I embrace this why would I want to it's kind of like yes okay I totally get that it's embracing what a healthy period should look like which is like maybe a day of mild cramping but nothing to more than that that doesn't do you will feel more fatigued and your appetite will be a little bit more elevated but that's okay that's normal but if it's completely debilitating then there's something going on yeah it's mad actually I never realized that until as well like even listening to your podcast like and now I wouldn't I'm on the pill now so it doesn't matter but um I wouldn't have had it that bad before but the fact that like you kind of do assume like oh that's just the way it is but it shouldn't be and I think it's really like great that you're out there and explaining that to people because if they are feeling that way they can do something about it you're not stuck with this for your whole life absolutely yeah and that's it like there's a lot that you can do um with that and like there's so many lifestyle and dietary and 
yeah new supplements as well that you can look at to help you with that and before you even look at supplements so looking at your lifestyle like your the amount of str- like the impact that stress has on your on your cycle is it just can't be uh, ignored it's huge um like stress steals your um your ability to make progesterone and i keep bringing up progesterone but yeah. progesterone is like nature's valium it's like your anti anti-anxiety soothing pro-chill hormone it's so lovely and if you're ever feeling anxious you didn't make enough progesterone or you're making too little of it and so that's why I'm always talking about that but like stress steals that and and so that's when you can feel like really kind of have maybe heavier periods or just feel really um low in mood depressed irritable and that would be a sign of that and so really like I'd always say if anyone has period issues looking at their stress in their life are they sleeping well enough are they eating enough are they not doing over exercising as well like those can be uh, physical stressors then obviously their psychological stressors too but like I suppose a lot of psychological stressors we may not be able to remove from our life but we can support our body in a physical sense so we can get more sleep we can eat well we can nourish it well and we can move it in a nice way that supports us and not kind of killing the body by like trying to like go over the top with exercise but doing like a nice moderate exercise to support the body and like that would be really important stuff I'd say to people if they are dealing with a lot of stress in their lives to so make sure they're really supporting it on a physical level to I be able think, to cope yeah. with the psychological level we're great at coping with stress at the moment are we not really and there's so much of it out there and I think it is like being taught like it's probably like oh don't get too stressed and it's kind of thrown out there like a oh mind your stress levels but like I think a lot of people associate stress with like psychological only there's a lot of physical stressors in our lives as well like I work a lot of times and like I say are you stressed I'm like no and then you could get deeper into things and you figure out okay there is a lot of stress there like you're getting five hours of sleep a night and you're drinking three or four cups of coffee a day and you're not getting any daylight exposure that's still like stress on your body to some extent like so um yeah having a look at those kind of lifestyle factors as well to help improve your body's ability to cope with stress I do think though like the psychological stress are quite hard to ignore right now but like I suppose it's like looking at what you can control like there's so little we can't control right now which is the crap thing especially if you are an anxious person but I suppose focusing on the controllables is the uh for me as an anxious person the only thing that kind of kind of gets you through isn't it like it's just um it kind of helps you manage to stress a little bit better I feel yeah I think I'm I'm very similar like that I will be I'll be like you know you're kind of very go 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 type yeah. a and then it's like you have to sit still but uh yeah. by planning what I could do I've it's made things a lot easier it's like I can plan my day what can I yeah. do and don't focus on the other stuff yeah because just goes way worse <laughs> yeah 100%. I think I've nearly gone to the other side now I'm like I'm too accepting of this situation we're in like I'm too accepting we're in lockdown like forever okay whatever like I'm nearly <laughs> like a little bit too get to go back out like... again I'd be like oh god no real world it'll just be too scary <laughs> but uh no again we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but for now like I'm just focusing on what I can control in my day-to-day life <laughs> yeah exactly um do you think actually that you get a lot of clients who are surprised when you say that it's not normal to not have like a regular cycle like they're kind of like like ah I didn't get my period this month great I don't have to deal with that this month more so as opposed to like that's not actually a good thing yeah a hundred percent like the few things like I know it was with clients firstly they're really surprised that the pill is not like the real period that they would get like if they weren't on the pill and yeah secondly they're like you'd often find that they don't know when their last period was and they don't know what like a normal period looks like they're just surprised about like 
the importance of a regular cycle and um, unlike it's just it it is it's because of like I don't know what where it really comes from but it even goes back to if you think about like when you were in school and uh, we were in like primary school and you had the talk and it was like boys girls sat opposite and like you know you were separated and just the whole thing is very much like tabooed and stigmatized like that there's something about the period like not to be talked about to be shamed about and I feel because of that at a young age we never really talk about whether even our friend groups what's normal what's right like and we don't even know what's normal or what's right because nobody talks about it um and unless you're in an industry like what I'm in like nutrition and health and that you're kind of put into it because you and, and also I was put into it because I had a condition like PCOS yeah. but like there's so many years I had PCOS um like up until about 26 I had no idea of the impact of nutrition, diet and lifestyle. And even though I was doing a degree in nutrition at the time, I still had no idea of the impact of it on um, on, on helping to manage that. Um, and like, the, like, there's very little talk about it as well. And the only option was the pill really to help me manage that or treat yeah. it. I put that in inverted commas because it doesn't treat it. It just kind of masks it until I decide to come off it to maybe have a baby, for example. Um, but yeah, like, it's just not talked about at all. And like, I keep bringing it back to like the main thing about the important thing about the cycle is that you're ovulating. And the reason we need to ovulate is to make those hormones that supports our, our bone health. Like we don't, we lose those protective effects after menopause because we stop that is a natural thing that stop we stop making those hormones at that age but like we need to seize that opportunity now in our younger years to yeah. make those hormones to support our bone health to prevent the risk of osteoporosis to support cardiovascular health like your mental health the amount of like there's so many receptors in your brain for estrogen and, and progesterone and um, as there are in other parts of the body it's not just your ovaries and uh, they're in so many parts of the body and there's they really are so important for your mental health and um, mm-hmm. like depression and anxiety are very much linked with like imbalances in your hormones and um, so like for all of those benefits uh, your mood your thyroid like thyroid is really really reliant on progesterone to be functioning optimally and so there's so so many benefits of those hormones and that's why we need to it's not just about the bleed it's about the hormones that we make and the bleed is like the side effect of those hormones your bleed is like the uterine lining shedding because you didn't get pregnant the uterine lining that has built up from the buildup of estrogen and it's kind of doing a clear out and like that's kind of how when you get it you you start to feel refreshed you're like oh really just like you're starting new again it's like your body's just doing a detox nearly such it's kind of just getting rid of a lot of stuff and so it's really something that like we I will want to make normal for people to be aware of they want to be getting this every month and it's so it's a fifth vital sign of health and you can use it to your advantage you can use it to help you with your sports performance when you know where you're at in your cycle you can use it to help with um planning and you know I'd always say if someone is wants to plan an interview or a date or go on a holiday do it when you're ovulating that is when you're feeling your sexiest your your estrogen that is at its peak you look your best you feel you look your best you feel really confident in yourself so like when you know these things it's like it's amazing you can do so much with your life with it as well but yeah no I am like I am I am surprised like I'm surprised like that women don't care as much in a way because I don't think they realize the importance but then when you explain to them they're like oh my god I didn't realize that like why didn't I know this before and that's where it's just like just people didn't know this because we're just not really taught about it 
in it we're taught a bit about it in biology but not everyone does biology firstly and like yeah. you're not really taught about it in that context you're taught about it like you know from a reproductive point of view of like getting pregnant and just a bit of the physiology physiology it's and anatomy but like, really isn't it yeah it very much so you don't really learn about how the practical implications for your for your own life I suppose and I, that's more important really um, yeah so yeah I, I am and I am surprised really <laughs> could you actually explain a little bit about PCOS because uh, I know myself I had no idea what it was or what existed I actually only found out about it because of Ashen O'Kelly's page as well she started talking about it. I was like what is that but yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people who are undiagnosed with it as well aren't they yeah like they say one in ten women have it but um I would say there is more because like I work with so many women who have irregular cycles and haven't got a diagnosis and would have typical symptoms. So it's like, it's a endocrine and metabolic disorder. Basically uh, your ovaries, um, you, you don't ovulate. So you, if you don't ovulate, you um, don't get a period. Um, and then you have raised um, male hormones like testosterone and DHEAS. Um, and what these elevated androgens do is cause uh, impaired ovulation as well but they also cause like the symptoms like the acne and excess hair growth mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like a little bit of hair it's like proper dark coarse hair proper acne on your in your jawline your chest maybe your lower back your, your upper back and um, and you can get male pattern balding so around your hairline uh, women can lose weight and um, lose hair there it's also associated with weight gain a lot of women have um higher weight gain or difficulty losing weight with it as well um, and then it's associated with more diabetes and um, so a typical um it's a, it's a syndrome really like not everyone's going to have every single one of those symptoms do you yeah. know what I mean um so like I didn't have all of those symptoms I wasn't really like I wouldn't have said I was in the the weight gain category like you know you can have what's lean PCOS as well so like a lot of people think like oh she doesn't look like she's PCOS you think they think you need to fit like the overweight category and uh, have the acne and everything but like you don't necessarily need to have that and that's why like so so many women who go into a doctor's who are lean they're like are you sure you have this or you know okay you you don't need to worry about it because you're not overweight she doesn't go on the pill until you want to get pregnant like but there's more to it than that like you're not when you go on the pill you're basically you're not able to ovulate when you have PCOS and then they're giving you a pill to stop you ovulation completely so yeah. it just makes zero sense uh, what you want to do is get the body ovulating and um, so it can start to make its own hormones and get all the benefits of that and start regulating that um, and so like th- there's a few different types of PCOS um, and that's where like there's insulin the most common type is insulin resistant PCOS but basically mm-hmm. your cells become insensitive to insulin and um, so insulin is like a a hormone that regulates your blood sugar so whenever you eat something and um, the insulin comes in and it brings the sugar into the cells what happens with PCOS for whatever reason it could be a genetic reason it could be gut health issues it could be depletion in magnesium it could be high stress there's a lot of different reasons it's multifactorial reasons and um, your cells start to become they're basically like your insulin is like the key trying to get in to and and open the door to get into the cells but the 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 cells are like no you're not coming in no chance it's just not budging and it's like taking a lot of insulin to try and get the sugar into the cell so what's happening is your pancreas is like 
being like there's still so much sugar in my blood like what's going on so it'll release more insulin and then the insulin is you're getting high levels of insulin and eventually what will happen is either the cells will eventually open and you get a flood of sugar into the cells and you then you'll just get a drop in blood sugars because they've been really really high and then suddenly they're going in really really quickly and then, yeah. then that's when like the cravings and things come in or and you the the insulin's like a fat storage hormone so the high levels of insulin will bring some of the sugar to be stored as fat around your liver and your midline um, and then that's when you still feel really hungry because the sugar didn't even get used up in, it didn't get into the cells to be used as energy so it's like you ate something it wasn't even utilized for fuel because that's the whole purpose like the sugar is being brought into the cells to be used as fuel for energy so your body can function but it's yeah. actually been stored and it's kind of like that's not that's not a f- well-functioning metabolism so that's the insulin resistance and what happens with that is the high levels of insulin then cause um impaired ovulation causing with PCOS have that um, and that g- gives the typical symptoms like weight gain cravings acne all those kind of things then there's um post-pill PCOS so that's pretty self-explanatory if you come off the pill mm-hmm. a lot of women might struggle to get a period for um up to six months but like that's kind of it's normal enough not to get a period for three to six months after coming off the pill it takes your body a bit of time to adjust yeah. if it's a bit longer than that it might be that like your body is still not like it hasn't adapted basically because like your hypothalamus has ha- usually tells your ovaries to ovulate but and to release an egg but when you're on the pill it's kind of shut down you don't have to and so maybe it takes a bit more time to catch up with that type i'd always say be patient and just to uh, there is some things that you can do and some supplements you can take um but i would say be patient mostly with that then there's like inflammatory pcos that can happen with um you know you might see it with someone who has IBS or psoriasis, eczema, joint pain, a lot of heavy fatigue and just really bad migraines. And so they're kind of inflammatory issues that might go alongside the, the PCOS. And so you'd be really looking at like reducing the inflammation in that, in that type. And then there's stressed or adrenal PCOS. So your um, adrenals are secreting high levels of cortisol, which is impairs ovulation and also um, another testosterone called DHEAS, which increases the male androgens and causes those other symptoms. So there's a few different types and I suppose getting to the root, the, the, the type that you have is really important because then you can actually target it more effectively um, and yeah. really like um, really manage it much better. So like with insulin resistance, it's massively a diet and a lifestyle approach like there's it's how you eat when you eat what you eat and it's what exercise you're doing and it's what supplements you're taking it's hugely influential when when you do it the right way but like trying to follow all these different things on instagram like go dairy free go gluten free do seed cycling (laughs) all these kind of things like that's just going to confuse the hell out of you and like they may have their place but like they'd be the last port call like you know there's so much you can do before doing that um, and yeah yeah Uh, yeah so it's a complicated it's a complicated condition like it's quite like it's a lot like and it takes a good while like uh, for me like it took a year over a year and a half to fully get like a more regular cycle for myself like uh, my cycles would have been 100 days long sometimes like I could go like three four five months without a period like that's how long they were um and 
now I'm down to like a monthly cycle which is amazing for me like but that took like over a year and a half to get like and like I see that with clients it takes time it's not something like they'll sign up for like a 12-week plan with me and they'll get it in three months (laughs) no it's not like that but it's building the foundations to get there and to support them their body and their metabolism to be able to respond better um, and to get things going for them really. Do you find there's a bit of trial and error with that as well to see what works for different people as well? Yeah, there can be. I suppose I'd always say try and get blood tests done because with what you're doing um, because there's so many different conditions. Like it could be like hypothalamic amenorrhea as well, which is the loss of your period as well. Like, so if you get bloods, you're able to just differentiate maybe what's going on um, and you're not doing as much trial and error. But um, in most cases, it's the insulin resistant type PCOS it is the most common and like even if it isn't a lot of the things that you're doing for that will help the other ones anyway it's just that there might be some specific supplements maybe for each type that will help you a little bit more um but yeah like that's kind of PCOS in a long-winded nutshell (laughs) (laughs) oh it's good uh, because even there like I didn't know there were so many versions of it so you could like like myself say for instance now I don't think I have it but it could be a person listening to this who's like oh well maybe no I don't have those symptoms oh wait I could have it with this like just with amenorrhea as well is that mostly would you find that mostly with very lean people does that tend to happen or is it possible that if you've got a higher body fat percentage it'll come into you as well yeah you can have it with them um, higher body weight as well it is a, like a perception that like it's with lean athletic people and it's very common in those people mm. but you in those women but you can have it um if you're overweight as well or have a higher body fat as well and um, you may, may not may not be eating um enough nutrients to support the body and you may have high levels of stress um, and yeah that, that because it's really it's a lot to do with your that the stress levels that are put on your body it's essentially when your hypothalamus in your brain has decided to say to shut down basically and not reproduce because it perceives the body to be in a state of stress and it's like okay this girl cannot have a baby right now because she's way too stressed so it won't reproduce and um, so it won't, it won't release an egg basically for you. So um, you basically have to try to signal to your hypothalamus that you're safe and you're nourished and you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. So that can take time. It can take like a good, like up to a year or more. Like it's a big recovery time, depending on where you're at. Like, but if you're doing a lot of exercise and you're in low calorie diets, that's definitely something that you can change. But like they're the, you know, they're the easy things to change. It's the mindset that's hard. Like if you're someone who has been in the mindset of, you know, dieting all of your life and looking a certain way and being lean and doing so much exercise it's very very hard to say to someone there oh just like cut back your exercise like stop for like a while and you know get up to two and a half thousand calories a day like that's like the recommended amount and for someone with hypothalamic amenorrhea but you know that um that's quite difficult to do so it can take a lot of I suppose they may need more support other than like a nutritionist they may need like the support of um, a therapist or a counselor as well to help them on that journey it just depends on where they're at but yeah it can occur with your question there uh, Mm. in people who are overweight as well they may be malnourished basically they could be eating a lot of foods that are not actually nutrient dense and giving the body the nutrients that it needs the body too there's a lot of inflammation going on there's a stress there too so it it does depend and there could be a genetic makeup there too perhaps leading to that who knows and there's a lot of um you know there's a lot unknown about it too but um yeah it can occur to answer your your question there (laughs) yeah actually it's good 
way you mentioned that like you know if they have a higher body fat they could be eating like like low nutrient dense food it's just kind of high calorie food isn't it yes and yeah I didn't even think about that because I know normally you think it's probably with lean people because they they don't have the body fat percentage for your body to be like no no you can't support you let alone a baby right now <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like, there's so many nutrients you need, like your zinc, choline, and all your B vitamins and things like that. And if your diet's high in like processed foods or high in just like anti nutrients, even and things like that, it just could be, um, yeah, you might be depleted in a lot of those nutrients that are needed for like, managing stress levels and managing a healthy nervous system and metabolism and cellular function and all of that so yeah like it's um definitely possible for sure yeah um how do they react when you talk about it and stuff like that to bring up the calories to like 2500 because I think there's a lot of women in particular with the diet culture that's out there it's a lot of fear in eating food really isn't there there really is and I'm seeing it so so much and like it's really hard um you know because you don't know what's going on in their mind and it's a a psychological thing it's emotional thing like there's only so much as a nutritionist that I can do and like I have like coaching skills to try and support them with that but um you know I always try to say like you're stealing from your your future now you're like the the stress you're putting on your body now is stealing from your future um Mm. you know even if they don't want to like they may may or may not know if they want to have ch- children or not like but they're stealing from that opportunity or that giving them that option if they don't focus on this and make it a priority now and um, so like if there's someone who's doing like training for a marathon and you know like only eating say 15 1600 calories and doing like three to four or five runs a week you know mm-hmm. of 10k you know I always saying what you're doing now is stealing from your your future health basically and the opportunity for your health in the future and I've I, I find that saying that to a few of them has definitely helped them and given them a reality check yeah. and they're just like okay god when you say it like that I'm just like what am I doing like why do I care about this so much when it could be really impacting my my and then it's not that long away like it could be future health in three four years time like it's yeah. not that long away at all so um yeah like I suppose with that like it's like trying to figure out like what is their fear about weight gain like what is their fear what does it mean for them if they gain weight like does it mean that they're less of a person what is their fear about being a bigger size than they are now um and that can be a challenge for them to think about because there could be many different reasons like a lot of people they may feel they do they only deserve love if they're a certain so um there's a lot of complicated issues behind that question um, and it will be completely different for everyone but I suppose it is about asking those tough questions and getting the, the client to think and I like I like to put questions on them get them to go and think about things and come back and they're really like god I never thought about it that way I can't believe this is what way I've been thinking for so long and just bringing that awareness can help so much because they can start to change their mindset and behaviors as a result of bring, when they are starting to be more aware of what they're doing it for or why they're doing it what are we the most common misconceptions to see with with women and kind of food and stuff like that that they need to go low carb or low fat or they need to um be always counting calories and in the calorie deficit always and they'd be really i suppose a lot of things i would see um the carb one is a big one I think a lot of people have a misconception about carbs being um they don't need like they need to go low carb to be healthy or at good weight and um, 
think they're like the main ones I definitely see a lot um, and also the misconception of the impact of lifestyle on their overall health like the fact that they're not getting enough sleep or that they're doing so much in terms of their work and then yeah. their exercise and they're still expecting them to be okay then on 14 or 1500 calories that are not made up maybe of like carbohydrates as well so yeah um there's a lot of that kind of comes together I see a lot with women though that they come to, with that kind of fear of the carbohydrates and just that maybe going into maintenance calories you can fear them as well and just yeah just not eating enough to be honest with yeah. you uh like it's a big thing like women like I think they expect to have optimal digestion and option optimal energy and performance and exercise and the ability to work on empty nearly on like 14 that's not enough food 1400 calories like we need energy in the in form of food to have digestion to be able to use our food like all of that like so um there's we can't run on empty every cell requires energy to function um and like we have big demands from our body like again we have a menstrual cycle to support we have ovulation to support we have basically where whether it's our choice or not we were biologically designed to have babies Mm -hmm. so you know we have to support the body and able to, to to do that even if it's our our choice or not even if we want to or not maybe we don't want to that's absolutely fine but it's still our body functions that way as in like it's designed to have um, a baby so we need to eat as if like we are supporting all of those functions your reproductive health uh, all of your hormones all of that and uh, so eat, eat not eating enough is a big thing and the fear of eating enough and the fear of eating three regular meals per day with protein fats and carbs in all of them like that's just that's normal that's like how a woman or a man or whatever should eat um so yeah I think they're a big misconception is just not eating and it's like they think they need to be eating um like small amounts of calories and maybe two meals per day or you know definitely having two meals but no carbs and things like that so yeah they're some of the misconceptions I'd see you find actually I've noticed this with people who um like training in the gym and stuff and clients that um they don't know why they're doing it yeah they're they just kind of like probably come across it somewhere like god knows where like and just think it's mm. oh yeah I, I thought that was right like they don't really kind of question it yeah. um and like that's you know it like the reason I question it is because I've got like the science background I'm interested mm-hmm. in it and that's fine like oh, there's lots of things I'd see in another industry that I wouldn't question you know what I mean I'd just be like oh that must be what's to do do you know what I mean so I get that but that's the problem there's so much crap out there on like say Instagram and social media and stuff like that about certain diets and things to follow and and then there's the likes of groups like Slimming World and the, all these kind of groups that like then really mess up people's relationship yeah. with food as well and um so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of room for people to just kind of go down the wrong track do you know what I yeah. mean there is a lot of room for that like and so you can understand why it is so confusing for people like it is really confusing you know there's so much information out there like as a nutritionist with like a master's in science and nutrition there's I'm still having to delve deep and like try to figure out what is the right thing to do at times like you have to I'm using it from a, an evidence-based approach but like for someone who doesn't have that like which is a lot of people because they're in different careers which is absolutely fine like they're not going to do that work they're going to just trust what they see from someone on like or whatever and yeah so that's um why they just kind of go down that route I guess yeah no I understand I'm not I I agree with you there is stuff like yeah. those things I probably take for 
granted because I don't know what I um yeah it's just interesting I decided it's interesting like to ask them why they think that and they're just like but it's but it's bad and you're like yeah (laughs) yeah like is that fact or not like where is this fact coming from where did you hear this what where is it coming from uh like it was questioning them on that like what is bad there's nothing bad or good like about this like you know maybe there's a scale if anything but like you know inherently there's nothing really good or bad like it's just suppose the way you approach it and treat it and your relationship with food more so than anything that's the important thing yeah there's definitely the relationship with food um is a big one I think especially with women I don't think lads well there's definitely something there I know a few that are a bit like that but women definitely have more issues with relationship with food I think don't they I think we just have a lot more like food is emotional I do think so like but like um we can start to become unaware of what we're using food for like there's like um yeah I do agree like I I think we're, I was talking to someone about this reason we're just like so jealous of lads who can just like eat, like eat anything and not think about it that much like and it's like they do do that more often than than women mm-hmm. do I think and um, like a lot of women associate food with like they have more emotion attached to it I think and um, and I that's probably come from like expectations of what we should look like diet culture and things like that like but I'm not saying men get that too for sure and um, mm-hmm. but I do think it's very common in in women um but yeah like I suppose the relationship with food is a it's a it's a tricky one to work on but it's um identifying what they're using food as like you know is it to cover up like an emotion like boredom uh, sadness or loneliness and like there's a lot of that going on right now so um identifying that and maybe having a bit more tools to help you deal with that rather than food because food it's great like it's a comfort and it's okay to use that and if you've had to rely on food right now to get you through this lockdown and maybe gained a few pounds so be it like it's not a big deal you know what I mean but um I suppose it's like anything you don't want to be relying on one thing to get you through because then you can become overly dependent on it and it's your sole crutch you want to maybe rely on other things like you know your friends maybe you're talking to someone or um whether it's journaling or doing something that stress relieves you like because like we often eat when we're stressed but maybe that's not the most proactive thing to do or beneficial or helpful thing to do and yes it can give you a bit of a dopamine hit and make you feel good in the moment but wouldn't it be better maybe to actually relieve your stress and maybe feel better afterwards from something else for longer term like going for a walk in nature or doing like a a yoga flow that makes you feel good if you're into that or talking to your friend or having a laugh with someone like laughing is amazing for making you feel good so yeah there's I suppose it's just about becoming aware of like why you're eating uh, is it hunger or is there something else going on and maybe if there's something else going on maybe having some tools in place for yourself there so I suppose it's about planning before it happens because in the moment you may not do that and um, so having a few things that you could think think to bring in for yourself and then bringing the awareness um around that as well I think awareness is key yeah that's it we do, we do a lot of things on autopilot don't we 100% yeah you do the things that you've been doing like especially in lockdown now you're just like constantly snacking grazing the whole time and it's not hunger it's just like boredom mindlessness you're just doing it so like having something else to break up that like your brain is looking for a dopamine hit in that state so it's like doing something else even if it's just like jumping jacks or like running up and down the stairs or going out for a 10 minute like 
jog around the house like something small like that will just kind of so that can break up that boredom and give you that release that you nearly need from yeah. sitting at the desk maybe the whole time or something like that I think it's had, like as well for a lot of time before these we weren't like no we weren't dealing with a lot of things but we had enough distractions now you don't have the distractions yeah that's so you true forced to deal with things that you were yeah 100% like we had to confront a lot of crap really haven't we like uh, that we didn't have to do before we've had like we had nights out to cover up things we had to hang out with people we had busy work days driving to and from an office just constant like social events and places to go and like yeah you then you had your holiday to make you feel good as well and stuff like that like but um yeah we've had to deal with a lot of stuff and like the small things are now becoming like the big things really to help you get through like the likes of your Netflix and a walk and maybe like the takeaway at the weekend or cooking a nice meal or something like that they're the things that are getting you through as opposed to the big things um that would have like like the big holidays and things like that before um but like I think it's nice too that like the smaller things are appreciating the smaller things to make us happier and then realize we can become happy from them like just the connection with friends and family and realizing who's there for you and being close to those people so I suppose there's not all bad in it like it's like you yeah. are building up more connections and better connections really like you may have had more people around you before but maybe you weren't as connected to them uh, you might have a smaller circle now but you're closer to them they're the people you actually want to hang around with really is <laughs> yeah. that like you know, it's that thing like you know um you know when you go to the pub and there's a group of people and there's probably at least four of them you don't want to see but everyone's there but at least with like if you're texting your mate you can decide who you actually talk to now 100 yeah you're you're yeah I think like like what might have come out of it for people is that they have like been able to get away from maybe toxic friendships and things that they didn't want to be part of um, God, I don't know how we got here actually I know <laughs> yeah it's kind of so but I'm interested now <laughs> um, but they um, yeah they're moving away from that and toxic friendships and relationships and stuff like that and like realizing what actually brings them happiness and like what they care about now so um, they're focusing on people that bring them more joy basically and stuff like that so yeah I think there are lots of good things about this lockdown or these lockdowns whatever we're in now <laughs> but um bringing it back to relationship with food I think that's where we started off on yeah uh, yeah like yeah I don't really know how I'm gonna bring that back sorry I don't know how we got there <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of we all went on tangent it's okay yeah. this is what the fun thing about podcasts is you can go on these weird little <laughs> yeah <laughs> here's one is there anything you found that helps clients change their mindset about food like anything particular you can say or was it more so just like borrowing from the future or um I kind of like to get them to focus rather than the the scales and the weight and things like that and focus on what they appreciate about their body and focus on what it's good for and like I always kind of say what's the point in being like x weight if your digestion is crap you're constantly bloated your energy is on the floor you're not getting sleep um your relationship with food is awful like you approach it like you you can't have a takeaway without feeding yourself up like what's the point in that so I kind of like to get them to focus on all of the bits so even if they're not losing weight maybe at the start and they can feel really crap about that say so like well look at all the good things that are happening for you right now like you're actually your bloating has completely reduced and uh, you're not like you're able to digest your food a lot more your 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 energy is way better you're getting up in the morning now with a bit of energy and spark Um, you're able to like get personal best in the gym you haven't been able to do before and you're getting a regular cycle and your periods aren't as bad all of these kind of things and I think like 
they're real markers of health and to focus on those rather than just the weight and then I that shifts the mindset to being like oh my god my body's amazing it's actually so empowering there's so much I can do with it because of my health and once you focus on that and realize there is more to it than just a number on the scales you start to um it does help the mindset a lot and you start to use food as fuel and for nourishment rather than food as like whatever way you may have looked at food before is maybe just like something you had to count or track contents constantly or you know as a punishment sometimes or that you had to you couldn't eat some of it and so yeah like looking at food as fuel and nourishment and allowing yourself the fun foods when you want them as well there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with having those two and being able to enjoy that but that's a really important part of life if you can't have the foods like the fun foods I don't know like whatever that may be for you like a pizza or chocolate or a few drinks like that's not quality of life if you can never have them without having a guilt or something like that so yeah I think um I try to reframe the process and change the process from thinking about weight loss solely and focus on what the body can do for you and being appreciative of that um and just I think energy is such an underrated thing maybe it's because I had Graves disease where like I just was constantly like having to sleep like I had no energy at all I just appreciate that so much now like when I'm able to get up every morning and go about my day and do a full work day without being completely floored and so I always try to like focus that on that with clients as well like you have great energy like that's a massive sign of health you know and like I think we've all gone through periods where like our energy's crap or low like so thinking back to a time with that when you feel like that it's not nice so like like when you feel great then it's like okay I want to stay like this you know if I'm eating well and enough I'll feel like this more often like so yeah that's kind of how I like to 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 talk to clients and are in their mindset um, and it does help it definitely does I see it. it's a great point about the energy actually like I'm taking a rest week from training this week because I was absolutely knackered most of the time for the last week or two and I was like that's a sign like and they can't ignore it for much longer yeah. like eating is not an issue for me but I probably do fall into overtrain a little bit because I've nothing much else to do so I enjoy it but I was like right Chrissy yeah yeah I have to listen to your body here um, it's telling you yeah, you're knackered <laughs> absolutely like when you, your body will give you signs like that it needs rest like a hundred percent and you know there's so many signs that you could get but lack of energy is a huge one you know and, and just being fatigued and sleeping and just like even even like lots of cravings or being hungry more and um you know not sleeping well they're all signs of like your body's trying to tell you something you know it's it doesn't go out like a period that you didn't get one month is another sign like your body's trying to tell you like there's something going on like so uh for sure and there's nothing serious going on it's just that you're maybe you're neglecting certain areas of it you're just like not nourishing it well you're just being too hard on yourself and you're constantly in go 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 mode and your adrenaline is just up the whole time and you're not giving it a chance to come down and just be in a rest state in a rest and digest mode yeah exactly and just because you're used to it doesn't mean it's normal and you should be doing yeah. it 100 you have to remember yeah. that yeah yeah it's like just that autopilot thing we do something so much because it's what we've always done it's always worked for us but like it doesn't mean it's normal or right and it can lead us into a state of ill health if it's not beneficial like depending what your your practices are yeah which nobody wants to hear but <laughs> yeah I know they don't like it is tough like if you are someone who's on the go 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 all the time and yeah like it's that's the hard part I find is changing people's mindset around that like is um 
you know, if they've been someone who's like a type A, for example, or let's say an overachiever or just someone who wants to do really well, it's really hard for them to like sit back and like actually be with themselves because they haven't allowed that to happen. Like, or maybe they're uncomfortable with the thoughts that might come up. They're afraid of what might come up because they haven't ever had to deal with, deal with them before. Um, and I see that a lot. And it's like, they're af- afraid of like, something coming up that they've never dealt with and what that would mean for them and like yeah it's a big challenge for them I think to to go down that route and but by doing that you're actually like opening up a completely other side to you and opening up like um something that you may have suppressed for a long long time and because you're kind of in like conscious mode like ego mode the whole time and you're not bringing yourself into your subconscious lower level and actual true self when you're like constantly on the go-go like so you have to like you have to sit and become aware and just slow down basically slow down and get in tune with your thoughts on your mind and in order to I suppose really figure out what you really want and what like you're really thinking and feeling because if you're constantly going it's going to catch up with you at some point so you're better to deal with it (laughs) that's it like yeah because you'll either end up sick or injured or something yeah a hundred percent and then yeah instead of listening to your body you'll end up worse off and probably longer out than if you're just taking the break and adjusted to it exactly exactly one more question for you so what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten I don't really know if it's advice but like I I want I just I never know what to say with this question um like I remember when I was really really young my dad said to me there is no such word as can't and like in my naive my naive little child mind I really took that so seriously it's like oh my god there's no such word as can so I kind of I think it's subconsciously ingrained in me now that no matter what happens like there's a way around it or you can do something about it and so it kind of makes me face challenges or like I'm kind of determined to like do things because I'm like oh it's always possible like if there's a will there's a way and you can do it and just kind of have a belief in yourself really and I think I kind of seen that word as can't as an excuse not to push yourself to do something so with regards like starting a business or like doing the podcast they were things I was like afraid to do but I was like it's not like I can't do them so it kind of like they're probably I think it's subconsciously in my brain that I can do things as a result and you know even with my health like you know I went through quite a roller coaster with that and had to was told to get my thyroid removed and all of these kind of things and was put on lots of different medication to help it which none of which worked and I decided to look actually try to look after it myself through lifestyle and dietary management um, and a bit of supplements and that and a lot of people were like oh my god like what are you doing and I kind of was like no I really stuck to my guns on my gut I suppose and I'm going to work on this and I did and like I'm completely better now and all that like but I really I suppose I think it sticks with me in all areas of my life that like there's a part you can do it if you put your mind to it basically and like just if you believe in yourself as cringe as all this sounds like it's just kind of like putting your best foot forward and and like going for it really um is yeah so I think that's like probably I don't know it's not really advice it was just like a random statement he said like I remember so well it was something to do I was playing tennis and I was like I can't do this and he just said there's no such word as can't and I just remember like oh my god wow <laughs> <Deep>. <laughs> did your dad 
sad response, isn't it? Isn't it like it's like nothing? It's no nothing philosophical or anything big from some fancy like author or anything. Well, this is my dad's little quote he said to me. But um, yeah, it stuck with me, I suppose. And that's like I don't really well, know his advice. That's it. Like it's yeah. it's worked, hasn't it? So that's well, yeah, matter where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> that's a no that's brilliant I really like that and also what you're saying about like you know not like not believing you can't do things and stuff like that believing in yourself uh that's like pretty much what most of this podcast is about so it's perfect as well <laughs> yeah absolutely like there's so much in like just like believing in yourself it's so oh, if you believe you can do anything really like there, mm-hmm. there's like really like your thoughts become your beliefs and all that like so it's not it like it's just yeah. so um yeah like just a visualizer you can do no matter where you are at like you know like two years ago I never thought I'd be like running my business having a podcast you know I was sick in bed on medication and like not able to do anything and uh now I I did not think I'd be doing what I'm doing now like so um thankfully I can look back and say yay but like it took a bit of while, time to get there but like I always in the back of my mind I think I was like I'm going to set my own business up I'm going to do this I'm gonna but like I was, I didn't know the how I was just like how hey, I'm gonna do that I don't know but finally <laughs> I just started getting better gradually and through my own work and stuff like that and then um here I am <laughs> there you go. like you figure it out along the way don't you yeah absolutely yeah the how will come to you and that's not your job really it's just doing um it's just believing in yourself and putting your best foot forward I think yeah yeah that's a uh, so true it's like perfect way to finish off as well but just before you go let everyone know where they can find you um yeah they can find me on instagram mj nutrition um i don't have a website yet i'm currently in the process of getting one designed and set up but um mj nutrition on instagram is the best way to find me and then if you want to podcast it's the female health podcast on spotify and itunes and yeah that's pretty much it um i've got all my stuff there on instagram for getting in contact with me and stuff like that yeah yeah brilliant um so thanks again for joining us today thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed it <laughs> uh, yeah and i learned so much in this i'm gonna have to like listen over this with a pen and paper and i think <laughs> just be like oh yes oh, actually so i'm learning <laughs> well that's good i suppose i hope people aren't like oh god this is overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I really think you'll take a lot from this podcast. So Good. do you want to say thanks again for coming and coming on, coming? Yeah. <laughs> and, and thanks to everyone for who is listening to the podcast now. If you can do give it a share and uh, let us know how you found it. And yeah, thanks again. Thank you again for listening to the Why Not Podcast. It really means a lot that you are listening in and I would love if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify. And always, I'd love to hear feedback personally. So if you do want to leave me a message and let me know how you found the podcast, please do.